Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome back. This is Consider This Northumberland and I'm your host Robert Washburn and you're listening to Northumberland 89.7 FM. Anyone who has tried to organize a large group can tell you how hard it can be, especially getting everyone on the same page and to coordinate people's efforts to ensure things will work. Now, imagine taking hundreds of community volunteers, an entire Rotary Club, and a group of nurses and nearly up to 1,000 people per day to get vaccinated. The logistics are mind-boggling. My guest is one of many people who contributed to the initiative to create a mass clinic at the Coburg Community Center. The list of people deserving credit is too long to rhyme off here. Certainly, they all deserve a great deal of gratitude from the community. It can feel good to see so many people come together for the benefit of all. Yet one volunteer is particularly worried. As one of many people who has given their time and talent to the Mass Clinic, Scott McCubrey is on a mission. When this Rotarian discovered Northumberland's vaccination rates were below everywhere else, he became concerned. With a potential fourth wave on the horizon, the ability of the Delta variant to spread quickly, he decided to act. Here is his story. I'm so pleased to have with me today Scott McCubrey, a Rotarian and someone who has been involved with the clinic since the first began back in March. Welcome to Consider This. Thanks, Robert. It's great to be here. The health unit is reporting a number of people getting first doses has dropped significantly over the past few weeks. And while that may sound like good news, why does this have you so concerned? Well, uh, Robert, thanks for asking. I, I'm I'm very concerned because when I look at the, the the numbers for Northumberland, and it's Northumberland I am, you know, most concerned with just because I'm working at the Mass Clinic, and our numbers in Northumberland are down compared to uh, Halliburton and Kawartha, which are all part of the local health units um, territory. For example, um, our first dose uh, for Northumberland County is 67%, which which may sound sound good. 67% of Northumberland has had its first dose, but compared to Kawartha, who has had 75% of their population has received first dose, and Halliburton, 74%, we're certainly lagging, and it's, it's very concerning. The health unit has been making appeals for people to get vaccinated, but you have also made personal appeals. Can you tell us why you decided to do this? Uh, I, I just... I, the thought of us, of our economy uh, as a business person or as a family man or however you want to put this, the thought of us going into a fourth wave in September, simply because not enough of us are vaccinated, uh, is what's been, been motivating me to get out there, donate money, do whatever I can to encourage people to get their, get their vaccination, get fully vaccinated. I'd just like for a second to go back to, to some of these numbers that you were talking about. You talked about the first dose. Can you tell us about the second dose? Yeah, I do. Um, they also concern everybody at the health unit and, 
and of course all of us volunteers, everybody in Northumberland should be concerned. Uh, again, um, Northumberland legs, we have 56.5% of Northumberland adults, those are people, actually anybody over the age of 12, so anybody that could get the dose, 56.5% of Northumberland has been vaccinated. Again, sounds good compared to world numbers, but we again are lagging behind Kawartha has 61% and Halliburton at 63%. Uh, why are we lagging? We got to get these people out here. We've got to get these people out, get dose, get their first dose first and get that second dose. Let's get fully vaccinated. Let's make this community safe for everybody. Now, why are the, the numbers so important? Uh, I mean, we talk about herd immunity, uh, a concept that says, you know, if we get everybody vaccinated to a certain point, then the virus itself is not going to spread as easily or as quickly, and it's not going to have such a, a great impact. Have you got a target in mind when you're talking about getting people out and, and getting the Northumberland vaccinated? Um, I, I've heard I've heard politicians say 80%. I've heard Dr. Fauci say 90%. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously, 90% would be incredible. Um, there are people out there that can't get the vaccine for health reasons. So we have to understand and be sympathy, sympathetic to those people. But for everybody else, we got to get got to get these people out here. Um, interestingly, uh, males uh, lag females in the vaccination. I don't know why that is exactly. But uh, men of all ages are less likely to receive the vaccine. Men under 60 are 10% less likely to get the vaccine. Now, is that work-related? Could be. That's, that's a possibility. Um, but I don't think that's just it. But to try to, to try to help people get the vaccine, starting today, we have changed our hours from, from what used to be 10 to 5. We're now going 2 to 7. So those people that are working that the usual 9 to 5, they can come in after five, they can get their vaccine. Walk-ins are encouraged. And um, we have both Moderna and Pfizer on the floor. So we've tried to um, accommodate everybody and try to be able to get this vaccine. We've tried mobile clinics, as you probably know, we've had mobile clinics in Port Hope, in Baltimore and in Colborne. So we tried to bring the vaccine to the people. They have been successful. But now we're just trying to concentrate at the corporate at the sort of community uh, community center, the CCC, and we're trying to get people to come to that clinic. Um, if people need rides, if people need if need help getting there, please let us know. We can arrange something for people. We just want to get jabs in arms. How did you become involved with this initiative? Well, uh, as you know, uh, Rotarians were. Um, responsible to get this clinic going uh, with the help of the hospital initially and then of the, uh, the health unit, the local health unit. So we work as the volunteers for the, for the health unit now. And it was Rotarians that got the volunteers together to help make this, this work flawlessly. And it does work pretty flawlessly most of the time where we uh, look after logistics of getting the people through the doors into the chair um, the health unit does the actual vaccination, obviously, and then we see the people through. So we're the logistics behind uh, the mass clinics. Uh, the health, the Rotarians started it, but I have to say right now that um, the community has stepped forward and we have something like 547 volunteers from the community on our roster. 
So there's only 150 Coburg Rotarians. So most of the people that, that volunteer at this clinic are not Rotarians. It's the community that stepped up. We're so proud of our community. But what about yourself? Uh, talk a bit about your involvement. Um, how many shifts have you put in? What kind of hours have you put in uh, to this? Just to give us a picture of the time and the energy you've spent. Yeah, I, I started out um, at the first clinic in March, mid-March of this year. And um, it, it became apparent that because I'm used to dealing with large numbers of people, um, that I had a particular skill set to help organize the volunteers and to get as many as a thousand people through a clinic in a day. Now we didn't quite reach that number. I think we had 950 or something one day, but um, got the, the, uh, the organizers realized very quickly that I had the skill set to, to organize volunteers and, and, that's, and that's how I sort of got going on it. I became a shift leader and since then, I put in probably 40, maybe more shifts of four-hour shifts um, since then. So, yeah, I, I have to say that as a volunteer, I certainly got more out of it than I was putting into it, especially at the beginning when we were vaccinating the people that were over 80 years of age. And it was so satisfying. You come home with, with more energy than when you went into that clinic because those people were so happy to get the vaccine that they were actually crying with relief. So it was a totally different sort of clinic than we're getting now where people are getting the vaccine. Some were hesitant. Some maybe just wanted to wait and see. Some are being forced to get the vaccine from their employers or from the fact that they need to, they want to travel, that kind of thing. So they're feeling a little more duress. It's not quite the same feeling inside that clinic. But I have to say the volunteers step up and they don't let that affect them whatsoever. And uh, every day you go into that clinic, the volunteers are happy to be there. They're trying to do their, their part to make sure everybody gets vaccinated. I'm so proud of, proud of my team. The Rotary has taken on the vaccinations as a, as a major project during the pandemic. Um, can you give us a bit more of the insight into what they're doing and how this really came about at the at the very start the genesis of it i know uh that there are other clinics that have looked to you guys as a model so can you just tell us how that all began and how it developed and then maybe describe the model for us so that we might better appreciate what's going on so so that the 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 genesis the the, the very beginning of this stems from rotary's polio eradication DNA, so to speak. Um, Dr. Bob Scott, who is a, uh, a member of our community and a past president of our Rotary Club, has been responsible worldwide to see that the polio vaccine gets, gets um, distributed throughout the world and pretty much, with the, the odd exception, has eradicated polio worldwide. And Rotary worldwide has been responsible or partially responsible for making sure that that's done. So having that in our background, we know that as Rotarians, we can accomplish this. We can make this happen. And uh, the Coburg Rotary Club, probably because we have Bob Scotts of this world in our club, decided to step up and try to help the community get vaccinated. Uh, you're right that the model that we've used has also been used throughout the, the um, health unit. Other clinics have used our model. 
um, in, in different in various forms, and they've used volunteers like Rotarian, other Rotary clubs to make sure that these clinics run smoothly. I've also been led to believe that th this model has been even used in the United States. Uh, no, I can't say that for a fact, but I have heard that, <laughs> yeah, I have heard that it's been used all over, but uh, I have not seen the actual clinic in the States. All right, I wanna go back to the numbers for just a second. Um, in the most recent uh, health unit reports, um, the first dose received in the past seven days has been about 1,221. The second dose received in the, by residents in the past seven days has been about 8,081, and that's, a, that's across the entire health unit. Of course, a, as you've mentioned earlier, we're seeing lower numbers here. I'd like, from your personal experience in, in talking to people, what is it they're saying to you that is making them hesitant? Or what, what are you finding that, that are the barriers why people are not uh, stepping up and, and this last group to get us to the final numbers? Well, unfortunately, Robert, there's a lot of false information that people have been reading and been, oh, disseminating through social media. And um, I have somebody that I know personally who um, I care for greatly, but she has gone down that rabbit hole on Facebook or Twitter or wherever she finds her information. And she refuses the vaccine because of all kinds of information that she's read about or heard about on social media. Unfortunately, when I do mention to her that perhaps she should talk to her own doctor, which is what I tell every single person in the clinic that is hesitant and says, you know, I'm afraid, I don't, I don't want to get it. I say, well, let's get your doctor on the phone. Let's have that you talk to your doctor and let them tell you what they think. And if they think you shouldn't get the vaccine, then please don't get it. But I want you to talk to a, a qualified medical professional. And in, in many, many, many cases at the, at the clinic, we've, we've got people over that hump. And um, people are nervous about it. Um, they have heard that these new vaccines are been rushed. What they don't know is that uh, there's been decades of science behind them. And uh, this is just, it's science that got these vaccines to the, to the, to the production as quickly as they have. So we should be thankful for this science. And um, it's, they work, let's put it this way, they work. Now, we're now hearing that people that are vaccinated um, can, still, can still get the, the new Delta variant. And this is concerning. But what, things, what people should know about is they should read the rest of that story. And the rest of the story is if you've been fully vaccinated and you are exposed to the Delta variant, you may get flu-like symptoms, but you will not have to go to the hospital for the most part, and you will not die. Whereas if you're not vaccinated, uh, you have a good chance of ending up in the hospital. So please people, get out there and get vaccinated. No matter what you read and hear about on social media, it's important to get this done for you and for the rest of the community. How much do you think you can really do to change people's minds? Personally, I don't think there's much you can do. Um, what is forcing people to get the vaccine now is what I just mentioned to you earlier, is that in some cases, different businesses are saying that if you're going to work for us, you're going to have to be vaccinated. 
So that certainly has um, brought in some first doses. Um, also, if people want to travel, they now know that if they want to travel, they're probably going to have to have to be fully vaccinated. So that is a great motivation for people. Um, I just wish, I do wish that the province would come down and say, you must be fully vaccinated if you want to eat indoors, like they do in France and other places. Now it has caused problems um, as far as how, how that is how that is taken in by the people of, let's say, Manitoba. I believe Manitoba has a, a mandatory vaccination um, policy. So you can't eat indoors without, the, without being fully vaccinated. That opens up a whole bunch of other problems, obviously, but it hopefully will get people motivated to get the vaccine. I think that's the only way to do it, Robert. I don't think you can, that person I was talking to who I care about greatly, who gets her, her information off the internet, I don't believe that anything I say will convince her to get vaccine, get get the vaccine, get vaccinated, sorry. She might want to go to Florida next year and that might be what gets her vaccinated. Because I was just going to ask you, you know, do you think friends and family and neighbors can make a difference, you know, talking up amongst people that you trust? Is that a good strategy? Well, you would hope so, but I also know that it, it has caused great schisms within families as well. I've heard many times at the clinic that people say, well, um, I've got a, we've got a new grandchild, but um, I've got children that um, haven't been vaccinated. So they're not allowed to go to that house and see that grandchild. So, so instead of everybody together, um, they can't. So that causes all kinds of problems within the families. Um, so just, just, you know, just get vaccinated. Um, I, that's the only thing I can say. It's been really interesting. The chief medical officer for the health unit, Dr. Natalie Bocking, said last week there is a possibility of a fourth wave coming this fall. And the best way to prevent that, especially going back and having another lockdown, is if we get vaccinating as many people as possible. And as a Rotarian and as a business person and personally, how concerned are you about the possibility of a fourth wave? Oh, um, we're all... Anybody that's in business is extremely concerned about the fourth wave. Um, I can't even think of how some businesses like restaurants and some of those other service industries, hotels, um, how they've even managed to get this far. Now, there has been government monies that have helped keep us all afloat during this, but I mean, we can't depend on government um, subsidies to keep us going. The thing that also that, that really concerns me, Robert, is if there's a fourth wave and it's because people aren't vaccinated, this will only increase tensions between people that are fully vaccinated and people that refuse to get the vaccine. This won't be helpful. I mean, this, this, this will be terrible. Um, you, think that it's, you think that there's people out there now that are discriminated against people that haven't got the vaccine. Wait until we're forced to be closed down because of these people. It, it's, it's not going to be friendly. It's not going to be good. Even in Canada, where we're certainly not violent by nature, but and I'm not saying it will be violent, but it's not going to be pretty. It's, it's going to be quite ugly. Dr. Bocking has also pointed out that there is an urgency to get people vaccinated uh, before the fall to protect young school children. Um, those under 12 are not vaccinated. And she says, if people don't want the young children to get sick or to have schools closed down again, we need to get everyone vaccinated. How do you respond to such an appeal? 
Well, to me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, um, wouldn't it wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a, a wise decision from the 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 the, um, the public school boards to say that all of those children that are eligible must be vaccinated before they can attend in-person school? That that would that would certainly encourage the parents to get those kids vaccinated because we all know how um, in, in at home schooling hasn't always been all that successful. And it's extremely, uh, extremely difficult for the parents if they're trying to work and they're trying to educate their children, it, it's, it's extremely difficult. So that certainly would encourage those, um, those children, those teenagers that are age 12 to 18 or even, even 21 and whatever, if they were, if they were it was mandatory for them to get the vaccine. That's what would happen. They would get vaccinated. So what are the next steps? What, what have you got planned coming up to try and encourage people to get out and, and get both their first and second dose? Well, like I said, uh, at the CCC starting today, um, we changed the hours. We're, we're going to try and make it easier for those men aged um, 18 to 55 that are hesitant to get it. Maybe it's not, maybe they're not hesitant. Maybe they're just working and they, they just, it hasn't been convenient for them. We're trying to make it more convenient for those men to come to the clinic. And uh, we're, we're, we're gonna be, uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of walk-ins today. Uh, we've been averaging something around 150, 160 walk-ins a day up to this point. So we're hoping for more walk-ins tonight. Um, all I can say is, please come down. We're, we're going to be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday of, of, this, uh, of this week. I'll be there this afternoon and Sunday afternoon. Um, and I encourage anybody and everybody to come down and, and get their, their first or second dose. I also understand, too, that there are quite a number of people who are scheduled to get a second dose in the fall, in September, October, and November, but they're actually eligible to get it now. What would you suggest those people be doing? I, I would suggest I would suggest you come in and, and walk into our clinic. Um, it's it's important to get the if you are eligible to get the vaccine now, which means you the, you got your first dose twenty eight days ago or greater. Come in, come into the clinic now. Don't wait until October or whatever your appointment is. The size if it's a health unit appointment, it probably will be canceled. They're trying to get everybody into the clinic ASAP. They're trying to get them in before September. They're trying to get so that we can open the school safely. So it's important for you to come down now. Don't wait until October. Scott McCubrey, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you so much, Robert. Thanks for letting me tell my story. That was Scott McCubrey, a Rotarian and volunteer at the Mass Vaccination Clinic at the Cobra Community Center. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me. Life and, and I want to thank all County. the listeners for tuning in or today. To the radio Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a I'm difference Robert in your Washburn. life and Northumberland County. Time out of your day so please tune in. And I hope if you would like to listen or share this or any this. podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. 
There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.